Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night and Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is your favorite little babysitter, Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? Hey. Hey. You doing some babysitting tonight? Yeah, it's nice to be the favorite. Well, everybody just thinks you're the best, and they gossip about you, saying how great you are to all the what? other moms. They gossip about it's, me. It's a good gossip. What are they saying? I, I demand to know. Only good things. Just good things, I promise. Oh, good gossip? Yeah. Yeah, okay. People uh, love to gossip about nice things. <laughs> well, that's how they get the word around that you're the best babysitter in town. All right, I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, you put out that newspaper thing that said, like, I'm the best. <laughs> Everyone's favorite babysitter. <laughs> According Call now. To- <laughs> yeah. I don't know why you did it, but it worked. I got the... They got the word spread, the buzz going. Yeah, you just fake it till you make it. Oh, it's a good way to live, right? That's how, that's how you get to sit babies. You're not actually a babysitter. No, I've never sat babies. Neither have I. Except for, like, family members, but those don't count. No. You don't get paid for that. No, fuck no. They just throw a baby at you and go, here, take this. Yeah, they're like, you live? You're a relative? Guess what you got to do? And I'm like, what? And they say, watch a baby. And I say, ah, oh, man. And then you got to do it. Yeah. That's how it goes. So how are you doing this week, Brandon? I'm doing okay. That's good. Did you do anything fun? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> how are you doing, Cortland? <laughs> I'm all right. Actually, I'm not. This will be my 13th day oh. of work in a row. And I still don't have a day off until Thanksgiving. That's a long time. Yeah, life sucks a little bit. (laughs) Yesterday, um, my my wife woke me up and I was like, what day is it? Is it Friday? And she was like, no, it's Thursday. And I was like, oh, thank God. (sighs) Yeah, my days have just blended together. I don't know what the fuck day it is. It's podcast recording day. I know. If it's not podcast recording day, I don't care what day it is. (laughs) It's all the same to me. So did you watch anything fun on Disney Plus? You know, it's funny. The very first thing I looked up to go, I wonder if they have this. They didn't have, but they seem to have everything else. Uh, what was it? What did you look up? The very first thing I thought to look up was House of Mouse. Oh, they don't have House of Mouse on there. No, no have, House of Mouse. Do they have House of Villains at the at the least? Wasn't that just like one episode of the House of Mouse? I believe it was a House of Mouse movie. Remember well, your brother's friend Scott had it? <laughs> They don't have the house of anything. Oh. They have uh, those ugly, fucking nasty Nick, Mickey Mouse cartoons that we talked about during the Sorcerer's of... No. Oh, yeah. The Dark the Dragon. ones. Yeah. They got those on there. So the the first thing that we watched was, um, unfortunately, The Little Mermaid 2. And Why 2? I don't know, man. That movie is not great, though. It's a huge step down in animation quality. It was it was terrible. And then the, I, w- I got home from work. I don't even remember what day it was. I must, It must have been sometime in the, the past couple of days. I watched Freaky Friday with um, Jodie Foster. What a insane movie that is. They have like three versions of Freaky Friday on that service. I know, don't they? You I, could spend a whole day watching Freaky Friday. I mean, it's a... Uh, it's not that interesting of a concept, really. I mean, you, they switch bodies. I mean, if it happened to me, I'd be like, this is pretty interesting. I don't know. 
The one with Jodie Foster aged like curdled milk, though, man. It's crazy. What kind of curdled milk? Curdled milk from 1977. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, like, they write on typewriters, and it's crazy. It's Typewriters? Mom, the mom's smoking. I love the mom in it. I don't know who the fuck she is, but she was incredible. I loved her. Well, now I have to look it up. Would it be Mrs. Andrews? Her name, her first name was Ellen. Well, it doesn't say. It just says Mrs. Andrews. And she was played by Barbara Harris. I don't know who she is, but she's You know, incredible. the classic actress Barbara Harris. From what else? I mean, is she alive still? No, she died in 2018. Oh. well. Rest Although her last acting credit was in 97, so I don't know what the fuck she was doing. Uh, retired? <laughs> Enjoying life, Brandon? You don't have to work mm. until you die, buddy. Yes, you do. Yeah, well, that's what they want that's us to That's the contract. When you get to be in Freaky Friday, <laughs> okay, that's well, the trade-off. Do you think Lindsay Lohan is doing any work? She was also in Freaky Friday. She's doing something. She's doing more than we're doing. She's probably not doing a podcast about a children's television show. Mm-hmm. If she was on a podcast and they were like, what did you do this week, Lindsay? She wouldn't be like, nothing. <laughs> You're right. She would be far more interesting than both of us like combined. All right, let's just listen to her podcast. She's Fuck probably this. got one. Look it up. Does she have a podcast? This whole podcast is going to be me looking things up. That's probably somebody's podcast, right? Yes, the Google Research Podcast. Ugh. Mm. The best Lindsay Lohan podcasts. God damn it. People make podcasts based on one person. The Lindsay Lohan's Beach Club podcast. I like to just imagine that they're just like hour and a half long podcasts that just recap Lindsay Lohan's day, starting from the day she was born. Like, uh, day 397 of Lindsay Lohan's life. She ate fucking mashed potatoes for breakfast. What? Who does that? Mashed potatoes for breakfast? Look, okay, I was just talking, all right? I was thinking, I was like, okay, 397 days. Okay, she'd still be a baby. Would she eat salt? Nope, she would. She'd probably eat mushy food. Okay, uh, what's a mushy food? Okay, mashed potatoes. So that's how that happened, okay? Mm, My neurons fired, and that's what they came up with. Got it? Yep. All right. Everything's connected in a web in my brain, okay? I don't want to talk about Lindsay Lohan anymore. Can we just move on? Yeah, I'm leaving this silence so you know when to edit out the last 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we've been recording for 10 minutes yet. <laughs> I wish. Now, I'm so glad that's not on any streaming service. And nobody remembers it. Nobody's ever going to talk about it again on this podcast, Brandon. Who even made that movie? Who's taking the We don't know. It? Remember, <laughs> we already tried this back in season two. We don't All know. Right. All right, let's change the subject. Okay. It was John Goodman. <laughs> Remember he Andrew it. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Let's get this back on track. Yardley Smith seen it and she was like <laughs> <laughs> This has ruined my career. Now I'm gonna have to do the Simpsons for the next thirty years. <laughs> hey, maximum overdrive didn't help either. You wanna get into this episode? <laughs> Yeah. All right. So we just got done watching the tale of the carved stone. Um, what did you think about it, Brandon? I thought this episode was not bad. I liked it. How much did you like it? Did you really like it? Or did you sort of like it? Or did you 
hate it like um it was weird so when i was watching it i was like oh my god i think this might be like one of my favorite episodes whoa well then when i got done with it i was like oh wait a second maybe it's not so i liked it um more than midnight ride i think oh yeah definitely but um there are parts in it that i really like and there's parts of it that are I mean, I guess just like every episode, pretty much. There's parts of it that I thought were stupid. Most notably, um, the main character. Um, what's her name? Allison. Allison. I didn't really care for her. At first, I thought I was going to really like her. And then I was like, wait, no. She just narrates everything she does. And I don't like that. Yeah. Not my favorite. Nah, she was weird. The other main kid was okay, I guess. Everything else in the episode, though, I loved. In terms of characters. It was a fun one, though. It was definitely a Gary story. Yeah, it had all the hallmarks of a Gary story. It had the kind of magic that Gary likes in it, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) He just really likes it. He likes the magic. Hey, guys, I'm back. (laughs) Get out of here, David. (laughs) Take your unibrow with you. No, where's Kristen? (laughs) Nobody told me she moved. (laughs) (laughs) David? Shut up, okay? Get out of here. Go back, banish you to the shadows. Go hang out with Eric. You're out of here. Ew, no. David, my fucking god. David! (laughs) (laughs) That's how I'm going to talk for Kristen. David, just get away from me. Oh my god, David. David, stop. Stop giving me your fucking shitty jewelry. I don't need this. Ugh. Okay, let's get to... You ready to get into this episode? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, allow us to do this. (laughs) The episode begins with Tucker, Frank, Kiki, Betty Ann, and Sam, so everybody but Gary, walking through the woods to the Midnight Society campfire. And Tucker starts yelling, Ow, someone gave me a flat tire, Frank. And I didn't know what the fuck a flat tire was, but I think it's when you step on somebody's heel. I never really, like, people always did it to me, but I never knew there was a name for it. My wife said the same thing. She didn't know what it was. And I was like... Really? <laughs> I bet. You probably just did that, like, what, an hour ago? And then I gave her a flat tire. Oh my god, damn, Brandon. I was like, it's this! <laughs> she was like, ah! <laughs> now you know. How enlightening for her. <laughs> Frank says it can't be him because he's in front of Tucker. And like I said, that's when you, like, step on the heel in it pops your shoe out or whatever they're the worst though i hate when people do that that's like the rudest thing you could do yeah when it's on purpose yeah well the only people that do that on purpose are assholes brandon yep (laughs) so tucker starts to ask who stepped on my but kiki in front of everyone stops and everyone bumps into her and kiki points saying we got company look and we look out to see a figure all dressed in black with a big brimmed hat a black brimmed hat i know i mention it all the time about how bright it is in these woods but when they get to this clearing it it's daytime yeah it was i noticed how super bright it was and i don't really pay attention to that part of it it's super bright because i don't even think the campfire is lit right now i don't think it is they don't light it as far as i know but i don't think the campfire is lit right now the lighting is absurd it is pretty ridiculous the kids talk about how it's just got to be gary 
especially considering he's the only one that's not with them. And Sam says it's probably a costume he got at his dad's store. And Tucker's like, yeah, he's probably just trying to spook us. Wouldn't Gary and Tucker have showed up together? That's what I'm saying. They're brothers. I, I don't. The camera switches to behind <laughs> Betty Ann, who is last in line of the kids. And Frank yells, yo, Gary. And Kiki follows up with a, we, wa- we know it's you. Cut it out. And the camera from behind them gets closer and closer. And Gary pops up behind them saying, cut what out? And Sam stutters out on, if you're here, then... And Tucker finishes, who's the guy with the hat? Then we look over at the guy with the hat. And then the wind blows the hat off of a stick. And the kids all sigh with relief. And Sam giggles, asking Gary if he did that. And Gary walks over saying, yeah, okay, I confess. And Kiki's like, man, you really had us going. And the kids all walk to the campfire area. Sam picks the hat up and asks what this all is. And Gary tells her that he found it in a trunk in his dad's store. And, you know, since Kristen's gone, somebody's got to be bringing props. Mm-hmm. He takes the coat off of the, the tree branch that it was hung up on. And he puts it on with Sam's help. And he says it was supposedly worn by a strange order of monks hundreds of years ago. Why does his dad have that in his shop? I don't think that a monk would wear this. No. Don't they wear, like, robes, mostly? They wear monk clothes. Yeah, they don't wear, like, evil-looking... <laughs> <laughs> evil wizard robes. <laughs> yeah. Betty Ann says it's cool. Gary agrees, saying that legends say that these guys were truly evil. Just like monks. Why would his dad have that? Like, oh, fuck, these guys were evil? I'm some sort of psychopathic collector of evil things now. I sell silly putty and evil wizard cloaks. <laughs> exactly. Stories say they had magical powers to take over people's minds and control the fortunes of nature. And Gary does some like theatrics where he crouches down. He throws the cloak part of the coat over himself. Frank looks at Kiki and he looks kind of impressed for some reason. And <laughs> Sam's just smiling. We look back at Gary who slowly lowers the cloak from his face. He's got like an eyebrow raise, kind of like the rock. <laughs> And he says, obviously they're not around anymore, but I had this idea. What if these mystical monks had so much magical power that they learned how to control the one thing that would make them dangerous forever? Time. And the kids now they look pretty interested. Gary grabs a pouch and says, submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. I call this story, The Tale of the Carved Stone. Poof goes the monkey bone dust and we start the story. That little teaser though. Yeah. Um, I guess it makes sense for the story, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the story's pretty simple. There's, like, one thing that happens. Yeah. And it involves time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Good job, Gary. So, in the story, the first thing that we see is this nice, big, old brick house. It's, like, two stories. It reminded the me of the house from, from... Home Alone. Yes, I was just going to say it. Reminded me of the house from Home Alone, but I think the house from Home Alone was bigger, but... Yeah. It looked like that, except smaller. It's like the budget version of the house from Home Alone. Yeah, yeah. There's two old ladies that walk by, and then we zip up to the second floor outside of it, looking into the window where there's a girl looking outside, and Gary's voiceover tells us that Alice and Denny and her family just moved into town. It's tough being the new kid and having to make new friends. Allison mm-hmm, knew that, mm-hmm. <laughs> but what she didn't know is how dangerous making a new friend was going to be. It's funny. It took me a minute. I thought he said at the beginning, Alice 
and Denny and her family. I was like, huh? What do you fucking talk about, Gary? I thought the same thing. But no, it's Allison. The camera goes inside during this and we see her room. And there is there's an easel with a comic panel on it of sorts. Um, her room is super boring. I thought yeah. that comic book panel thing was gonna have some sort of focus. No, it that drawing is there to give her character one single trait. But they don't. She she draws work on that maybe, at all. and that's her character. She has absolutely no personality. No, her personality is not having friends. Allison is probably around, oh, I don't know, like somewhere between 14 to 16, maybe. Yeah, I'll say 14. I couldn't quite tell. Did she have blonde hair or was it reddish? Reddish blonde. Okay, sure. It's in a ponytail and that's a bit, that's about it. She's played by, um, <laughs> she's played by somebody named Aiden Pendleton who wasn't in much of anything else except some movie called Andre, where there's a seal and a flower button-up shirt and glasses and a hat on the cover. (laughs) I guess so. I remember that movie. Did she play I vaguely remembered it, too. Is she Andre? Is Andre the seal? (laughs) I don't know what she was in it. I didn't look that far. I've seen Andre, and I was like, what? Look, there was... A period there between movies like Andre and Dunstan Checks In, yeah. where kids with animals were just the coolest shit. No, I know. Like, Free Will. I mean, Free Willy is the same, but... Monkey Trouble as well? Uh, Operation Dumbo Drop or whatever. Does that count? Elephants nope. can't dress up in clothes. Uh, that one with the parrot, the Along Came Polly, is <laughs> Nope. <laughs> anyway, she was in that. <laughs> like, I'm going to assume she was the main character and her co-star, the seal, probably got paid more than her. <laughs> so Allison talks to herself and she's saying that she hates this place. Why do we have to move here anyway? And then she looks down at a wooden edge that she's sitting on and reads the carving on it, which says TJB was here. And Allison then says... Well, TJ, I wish you were still here. I wish anybody was here. She sighs. We switch outside sometime later, and there's a bunch of kids and stuff walking down the sidewalk. Allison looks down. She sees that the kids drop something, and she yells, Hello? Hey! And she starts banging on the window that she's looking out of, and the kids don't hear her. She screams and runs out of that house like a mad woman, instead of just opening the window and saying, Hey! (laughs) Hey, kids, you dropped your stupid glasses. It's not that big of a deal anyway. Not like they dropped a diamond. She's looking for any excuse to make human interaction here, okay? She doesn't have parents. They're going to go, wow, you returned my glasses? You know, come to my wedding. Yeah, you're the maid of honor. (laughs) (laughs) You're the bride. She calls out for the kids. Okay, so she's outside now. She calls out for the kids, but they don't hear her because apparently they're too far away. She didn't scream loud and crazy enough. (sighs) She's a wild and crazy kid, okay? She runs to the sidewalk, and then she accidentally steps on this pair of goofy glasses and breaks them. They're the kind of glasses that basically, like, they have the slinkies in them. Yeah, they're not super specs. No, they should have been, but they're not. 
She picks him up. She's like, Great way to make friends, clut. Where am I supposed to find another pair of these? Which, at, I don't think it was at this point, but I'm at, right now I'm just like, shut up, Allison. Yeah, I wanted her to shut up from pretty much like the first thing she said. Because <laughs> I, th- I thought she was talking to someone else. I thought she was talking to Denny, but... <laughs> no, Denny doesn't exist. she's talking to herself the whole time. <laughs> The camera cuts, a bus rolls by, and behind it we see a sign for the Magic Mansion. Allison's got a little backpack. She heads over to it as some silly music starts playing. Um, She opens up the door and enters, and inside we see a skull in a cage and some other shit. She looks around a bit as Sardo can be heard haggling with somebody else. And Sardo's like, well, a hundred. And the other guy says, a hundred? Sardo says, okay, 120. And then the guy tells Sardo, you know what? I went through to get to this. That guy could have killed me. And Sardo tells him that, who cares? That's none of my beeswax. And the dude's like, 200 or I'm, I'm taking it all, all to Uncle Bobo's house of magic. Sardo, <laughs> Sardo gets pissed. He's like, Uncle Bobo, that clown. All right, but I'm losing on the deal. Um, and at this point, Allison's at the front counter. She calls out and Sardo tells the mysterious guy that, shh, there's a customer. Go away, go away. And then he steps out from the back. I liked this Sardo. I mean, obviously it's the same Sardo, but... I think this is my favorite Sardo so far of the three. Yeah. He's pretty like, good. He's like extra silly in this episode. Yeah, his second appearance wasn't my favorite. That's because it was Dave's Sardo. Yeah, that's true. He doesn't know how to Sardo. Sardo it up. Sardo pops up, and he's got this treasure chest looking box in his hands. He's asking Allison what he can do for her. She's like, Are you Mr. Sardo? And he drops that box and says, That's Sardo. No, mister. Accent on the dough. He asks, So what are you looking for? A potion? A rare book? A priceless magical object that only I can provide? And Allison's like, No, I just need another pair of these. And Sardo reaches over, he sighs, and he slaps down a new pair of those stupid glasses, and he says, That'll be three fifty. Allison drops her money on the ground as Sardo says, Are you sure there's nothing else? Have you seen our vomit? <laughs> what a weird shot. Wants to sell that fucking vomit. I know, right? He, like, <laughs> sells novelty glasses and fake vomit right next to potions that'll turn you into a monster and go back in time. <laughs> yeah, and books that'll ruin the world. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to look through his shop to see if there's anything, any uh, Easter eggs or whatever. I didn't see any, though, unfortunately. No, his shop's really kind of bare in this episode compared to other ones. Yeah. Harold isn't even there. Fucking poor Harold. I'm sure he had to put Harold down. Probably, yeah. He couldn't beat a Star Trek. <laughs> you know, I gotta say, I thought about this after the fact that we watched, like, after I watched this episode, I... I'm a little disappointed with season three in terms of the throwbacks because season two had at least a couple and they were really nice to see. And I don't think we've had a single one in season three so far. Nothing's coming to mind. Yeah. I like throwbacks. They make me happy. So Allison's like, excuse me? And Sardo tries to sell her a crystal ball, but Allison doesn't want that shit. She says, no, thanks. And then Sardo says, you're not from around here, are you? And Allison says, no, we just moved in last week. The old brown brick house on Maple Lane. Write that down, Brandon. Maple 
Lane. Yeah, with an E on the end, yeah. Of both of them. Sardo says, new kid, eh? Well then, I don't suppose I could interest you in a flask of popularity potion? And that gets Allison so excited. She's like, are you serious? A popularity <laughs> potion? Instead of, that's dumb. I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of, no, just the glasses. Thanks. <laughs> the hell does a weirdo working in a magic shop know about popularity? <laughs> Sardo points at her all excited. And he's saying, wait, right here. And he turns around to grab the box that, that he set down a moment ago. And he says, I just bought this from, uh, I mean, I searched the world over for the curious contents in this chest. Observe. And inside is just a bunch of, like, necklaces and other shit that he's sifting through. He starts looking for the potion. And then he picks up and shows Allison a stone. And she, not being a complete idiot, says, that's not a potion. I wrote this before I realized that she is kind of a complete idiot, so <laughs> just I'm just going to keep that. She got now. this one thing right. Yeah, yeah. Sardo tells her, no, no, of course not. It's it's much better than a potion. It's, uh, it's an e- Egyptian friendship stone. And we get a good look at this carved stone, and Allison says, let me see. So she grabs it from him, and she looks at it. And then asks Sardo, how does it work? And Sardo's like, it's quite simple. You, uh, you just, uh, you hold it in your hand and, and you close your eyes and you, you recite the ancient Egyptian spell, Amarak Vichelin Ra. And if I said that wrong, I don't fucking care. doesn't matter. Whatever. He's making it up anyway. Yeah. He's bullshitting this whole thing. Yeah. He's doing a really good job at it. Like, I loved it. I was like, damn. Yeah. I love how much he just. So good at it he he just wants to make like a few bucks allison recites that and then asks sardo and then what and sardo's like that's it presto you'll have more friends that you know what to do with and allison gets a little sad now sounds saying, like a nightmare you know what i'm sure there's horror stories based on this kind of shit everybody wants to make plans with you you don't have enough time oh my god god <sighs> the commitment oh fuck as people that don't do anything, the idea of just not spending time at home is the worst. <laughs> Allison, so Allison gets a little sad. She says, I don't know. How much did you say this was? And we get that classic Sardo where he's like, well, it is very rare and very powerful. It's practically a steal at um, $50. And Allison's like, $50? And Sardo very quickly comes back with 40. I distinctly said 40. 40. <laughs> oh, I love Sardo. And Allison says, forget it. And Sardo's like, no, wait. Uh, How much you got? And she looks through her money and she says, well, after the glasses, I've got $17.75. And Sardo says, sold. But I'm losing on the deal. Okay. So yeah. Sardo doesn't know that this actually has magic powers or whatever, or he would be charging, you know, millions for it. Right. So. To him, it's just a rock. Yeah. So how much did he pay for this rock? Uh, I don't know if he paid two hundred or whatever he haggled down with that guy in the back, but um, he bought more than just the rock in that chest. But why would he buy a rock at all? Well, he probably didn't know the rock was in there. He was probably looking at like the necklaces and shit in there. It does have some very lovely markings on it. Yeah, it's carved or whatever. That's worth at least a 
Toonie. Have you ever seen the shows where they it's called Storage Wars or whatever, where they open up a storage thing and they they look into it for a second and then they just do a whole bunch of bidding on it, and and mm-hmm. then people like the person that wins goes in there and and they're like, oh fucking staples uh 25 cents each and then it shows like their money amount in the corner from their very horrible rough estimations like that they made off of this thing they're like oh fucking a 1960s computer that doesn't even work oh 190 bucks all day long like that kind of shit that's probably what happened with sardo here he bought that thing and then the camera was like you know interviewing him he's like oh necklaces 600 bucks each all day long but i'm losing on the deal carved stone Fucking fifty Losing bucks. On the deal easy. all day long. <laughs> That's how it went. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. That makes total sense. Okay. So Allison walks outside the shop. She's got a smile on her face. She's got a pebble in her pocket. She walks by a man that has the same outfit on as Gary from the campfire scene. A black coat with a black brimmed hat. He's got sunglasses on. He looks at Allison as she walks by. He growls. This guy reminds me of the Nazi from Raiders of the Lost Ark. The one who gets his face melted. <laughs> I've never seen Raiders of the Lost Ark. I've only seen Temple Sh- of Doom. Really? Yeah. Oh, we've talked about this. Yeah, yeah. We have. Go watch Raiders of the Lost Ark. Is it on Disney Plus? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, then I'm not going to watch it. Okay. <laughs> I would right. love to watch it eventually because I have seen the Nazis' faces melting, and that looks incredible, so I know it's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's got melting Nazi faces, so... Doesn't it have Sean just... Connery in it, too? No, that's the third one. The Last oh. Crusade. Oh, fuck. I thought the Nazi melting face was on the third one. Okay, never mind. No. The Raiders of the Lost Ark has the rolling ball Yeah, and the, the Nazi melting face and the... Uh. You know, swapping the idol for the bag of sand or whatever. Okay. Well, then I'm in for a treat when I watch them, because I totally thought that Nazi melting Holy Grail face was the third one. The only thing I ever got out of Indiana Jones movie was uh, the little kid being like, Indy, Dr. Indy. (laughs) Dr. Jones. Dr. Jones. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Short round is a treasure, but... That's the second one. I loved the second one, even though I hear it's probably the worst of the... God damn it. Okay. We're not of talking about this again. Three. We just talked about this, like, last week. I know. Yes. What I have we to say this. about this man is he's dressed like he wants everyone to know that he's evil. Yeah. He's not trying to hide it. I looked this man up, though. Uh, the actor. Yeah. He's actually pretty famous, I guess. Really? Yeah. His name is Frank Horshin. And he is best known as, uh, I mean, from, name. from what I looked at of his filmography and stuff, he is best known as the Riddler from the 1960s Batman TV series and movie. Whoa. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It doesn't, he doesn't get a name drop until a bit later in the episode. His name is Brother Septimus or just Septimus. Which, which sounds like an evil name. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> I like him. I think he's cool. We move back to the house with Allison. She she looks outside of her window at some kids walking by her house. And she's smiling. She's got the stone in her hands. And she tries saying the magic words Sardo told her to say. But she can't seem to remember them exactly. As she talks to herself saying, Oh no, that's not right. What's the stupid spell? But the doorbell rings. So she grabs a pair of glasses. 
and she opens up the door and there's a boy at the front of the group of like four kids and he asks if if she's allison to which allison says yes i am (laughs) and she tells the gang well you were outside before and you dropped these and she hands the kid the glasses and some girl next to him gets pretty bitchy saying that's what you called us all the way over here for some stupid glasses she only called one of you she only called one of them and also what are you talking about all the way over here you walk this way to get to and from school what are you fucking talking about girl she had to walk down that path to the house that she would have already been walking by anyway yeah she sucks Allison's like, well, yeah, I'm new, and I thought we could, but the girl interrupts her and yells at her, saying, Forget this. Get a life, okay? Come on, Don. So fucking harsh. What the fuck? Get a life for, like, trying to help, even if the glasses are stupid, which they are. Yeah, but they had them. She's, yeah, they probably fell out of her bag. (laughs) They're hers, and she's like, fuck you she's like fuck you i'll take these glasses thank god i got these back i'll take these i'll dispose of them later and then we see her like at her home like having them on and <laughs> she's just jiggling like... her face like ah! <laughs> <laughs> so much fun <sighs> <sighs> she's awful yeah what the fuck i hate her thankfully that's the last we see of her and don the kid in front says well thanks bye to allison and she closes the door and allison tells herself that she's a loser and she takes the stone out and she says egyptian friendship stone yeah right and then she turns back over to look outside the door we warp to sardo's magic mansion allison is inside now and she's yelling if anybody's there and we look around the shop and it's pretty busted up there's shit on the ground and whatnot she's like picking some stuff up and allison yells for mr sardo he starts to correct her saying that's sardo but then a hand shrouded in a black cloth covers his mouth. I don't know who that could be. Pretty spooky. Yeah, right. Is it Gary? It could be Gary. Yeah. Just jumped right into his story. He's like, and then I came out. And then I was the most popular. <laughs> Allison's like, are you sure you're all right? And Sardo yells, everything's fine. And Allison tells him that she wants a refund. And we cut to Sardo. He's still got a hand over his mouth. And then we see the mouth of another person. And it's talking in Sardo's voice. Yeah. And I I like this shot. Like, you can see Sardo in the background. And then it's just a really big close-up of this guy's mouth. It's a weird shot, but it's funny. It reminded me of Terminator. Oh, yeah. When he's uh, Terminator 2, when he's on the phone. Yeah. And he's simultaneously killing a man. <laughs> And talking to John Connor. <laughs> Spoilers. So this guy is talking talking like Sardo. And we look at Sardo's face and he looks so scared. And I love it. The guy who played Sardo, I, Richard uh, Dumont, I think his name is. He's he's amazing. I love him. Yes, he's a treat. He really is. I looked him up and he actually, like, I didn't look him up a whole lot. But I'm pretty sure he does voices in, like, the um, Assassin's Creed games. Really? Yeah, I think he was in Origins. <laughs> which I didn't play that one. The dude tells Allison to leave the store as it's closed, and she starts getting sassy, saying, uh, your sign says you're open until... But she gets cut off by this imposter Sardo, who says, did you hear what I said? I command you to leave at once! And Allison shrugs, she knocks some shit down, and she tries to pick it up before she leaves. Back with Sardo, 
The man in black from earlier tells Sardo, Now, for the last time, shopkeeper, where is this amulet? And Sardo tells him he doesn't know. And the guy tells him, It was in the chest that you snatched from my hiding spot. Just this very morning. And Sardo tells him he didn't snatch it and that he hadn't seen any amulet. But if you're interested in charms, and this old man isn't interested in any fucking charms, he rips off his glasses and he says, Look into my eyes! Alright, dude. Chill out. Sardo is so good in this episode. He's He just turns away from his, Do I have to? And the old man's like, Look, you babbling mortal, into my eyes. I seek the amulet of Ankra. It is a... A most unusual black stone, elaborately carved. Like some sort of carved stone. Whoa, I just put that together. (laughs) We then get this, like, five or so second shot of just Sardo's face. And the old man continues asking, what have you done with it? And Sardo droops his face down, and then he lifts his head back up in, like, this trance saying, I sold it this afternoon. And the old man says, sold it? To whom? And Sardo says, to the new girl. She lives in the brown brick house on Maple Lane. Just like I wrote down. I know, right? Who knew that was going to come back up? And then we get this incredible interaction where Sardo's like, It was, yes, it was, yes, it was, yes, her. So the old man glares down at Sardo and then menacingly puts his sunglasses back on. We fade into Allison's room where Allison is on the phone and she says, Yeah, okay. What are you going to see? Oh, yeah. I'm making lots of friends. Okay, you have fun at the movie. Yeah. Okay, bye. So her parents are calling from a movie theater, and they're like, hey, have you made any friends since we left an hour ago? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what happened. I don't know what else. I don't know who it could have been. I assumed maybe it was like her old friends from where she lived before, but let's be honest. She doesn't have friends. No. <laughs> Someone who spends that much of their time talking to themselves does not have any friends. No. Honestly, she's almost... I don't think she's quite as bad as Ian was from Midnight Ride, but she is, like, very close. Allison takes out that stone again, and she talks to herself some more, laughing about the stone, saying, If you're an Egyptian friendship stone, then I'm Madonna. And she tosses the stone down, which hits a mirror, and it gives off some lightning effect. The mirror changes into some sort of doorway, and inside it we see a kid at a writing desk. And Allison calls out to this kid, who hears her, and asks, Who's there? Before returning to his writing, and Allison picks up the stone again from the mirror, which does more lightning effects, and the mirror fades back to a regular mirror. There's like three times in this episode that she is holding that stone, and she's like, Magical stone? Yeah, right. Like, she paid for it. She walks around with it all the time like if you don't believe it just stop having it well she tried she wanted a refund for it and then she threw it at a mirror (laughs) (laughs) but she's still carrying it around everywhere yeah if i paid 17.50 for a fucking pebble i would also carry it around everywhere from outside we hear this some we hear some sort of old man call out to allison And then we look over at the window, and the old man, Brother Septimus, is outside calling for Alice and Denny. The very old man from before. Yes, right? All dressed in black? Weird. He appears to be floating, since she's up on the second floor. So, this guy can fly, too? I mean, he's a weird, magical monk? He doesn't fly any time else. 
He says, look at me, Allison. And he takes off his sunglasses. Look into my eyes. Gaze into my eyes. So she does that. And she's falling into a bit of a trance. And Allison asks, who, who is he? What does he want? And the old man tells her, I believe you have what I want, Allison. Just keep looking into my eyes. It's the amulet I want. I need the amulet. And Allison blinks. She covers her eyes saying, no, go away. And she starts backing up. And old man's like, no, 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 no. Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) She moonwalks into the mirror. And he's like, fuck. No, shit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She falls back into the mirror. And the old man starts screaming. He's all upset. He's like, don't do that. Oh, God, son of a... Nah, I lost another one. (laughs) (laughs) It was really funny. It might be one of my favorite parts of the whole episode. It's pretty good. No, 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 no. Oh, no. (laughs) So we cut to commercial break. Back from break. Allison is on the other side of the mirror. And she's in the room with the boy from a moment ago. And he yells, who are you? And he grabs his slingshot. (laughs) He's aiming it at Allison. He is armed right away. <laughs> He's gonna fucking slingshot into the dome. He is ready right for time dome. travelers from the future. He's more prepared than I would be. So he's asking her, how'd you do that? And Allison asks the boy how he got into her room. And he's like, your room? This is my room. And Allison takes a few steps looking around and asks, what happened? What's going on? The boy says, I don't know. You came flying out of my mirror. And Allison looks back at the mirror saying, your mirror? Who are you? And the kid tells her his name, which is Thomas Jefferson Bradshaw. And this is my grandmother's house. And Allison gives like a light giggle and says, no, this is our house. We just moved in here last week. Are you sure of the address? And the two kids say simultaneously, 15 Maple Lane. Thomas lowers his slingshot as Allison says, wow, something's really weird just happened. And Thomas tells her to leave. But Allison walks up to the carving on the wood saying, Thomas Jefferson Bradshaw. This is my room, but it's different. Listen, Tom, I'm Allison and I think I have some kind of magic stone. This whole interaction is just wild. Very. It's so unnatural. They're so quickly just cool with the whole being from different times yeah and randomly appearing in the room so fucking weird and thomas jefferson bradshaw yeah that's a quite a name tom scoff saying magic stone and it's like motherfucker did you just watch that girl pop out of your mirror (laughs) what like what i don't know allison tells him this And she holds up the stone saying, it changed the mirror and I saw you. Like it opened a door to a different dimension. Or different. And then she asks Tom, what's the date today? And he says, March 13th. And she's like, yeah, but what year? Thomas laughs saying, what? What year? Don't you know anything? It's 1892. And Allison asks if he's serious. He nods. And Allison's like, that's over a hundred years ago. Tom, the stone let me travel back in time. This is my house only a hundred years ago. And Tom's like, golly. That sounds like a story Jules Verne would write. And Allison's like, yeah, or Steven Spielberg. To which, of course, Tom's like, who? The Indiana Jones guy. 
I was gonna look up Jules Verne, but then I didn't. I'm assuming it's some sort of author. Yeah, he's the the one who wrote like uh, the Ten Thousand Leagues Under the Sea or whatever. I ain't never read that. Me either. Tom is probably like what do you think? Like nine years old, maybe ten. Yeah, he's little. He is little. He's much littler than Allison is, and he's played by John White, who compared to the other two leads in this episode, um, has been in much more recent things. Uh, especially considering he's not dead because brother septimus um frank whatever his name was unfortunately he's dead Ooh. yeah that's what happens when you're old um i didn't see anything noteworthy in this guy's repertoire aside from an american pie movie from t- 2006 also this episode of are you afraid of the dark sure sure Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your house's past owner. Thank you so much for taking a listen. Whether you're new to the show or a longtime fan, we really appreciate you taking the time to listen in. Now, next week is the week of Christmas, and Brandon and I decided to go on a little break for the holidays, which means there won't be a new main episode dropping on December 24th. At this time, we're not sure if we're going to be coming back before or after the new year, but we'll keep you all updated on Twitter at PRVT Island and Instagram at Private Island Presents. So be sure to follow us there or join our Facebook group, Up All Night and Are You Afraid of the Dark Podcast. Now, Brandon and I have been working on an all new bonus episode, and I plan on releasing that for you all as a little holiday present next week. We're really excited to release it and have you all listening in. Next week, we're going to be giving you a completely improvisational episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark that you've never heard before. From the campfire scenes to the core story and the campfire closing, we're going to take you through an all-new story based on your tail name suggestions from Twitter and Instagram. So come laugh with us next week, scene through scene, and if you want to suggest the name of a tale for next time, you can always DM us on Twitter or send us a message through Instagram with your suggestions. If you can't wait for more Are You Afraid of the Dark, you can always become a member of the Up All Night patron team at patreon.com slash private island. I've already completed and posted the next episode, The Tale of the Guardian's Curse, and I'll be finishing and posting The Tale of the Curious Camera this week. All tiers have access to early release episodes, so for as little as $3 a month you can listen in early, as well as get sent a logo sticker. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the Golden Bostics, Bryce and Kathy, the Silver Goth Brett, and the Bronze Beth Angela. Thank you so much, everyone. I hope you're enjoying those awesome tier badges. Brandon and I really appreciate your support. If you're looking for other ways to support the show, there's a few simple and easy ways. If you have a moment, give us a nice review to make our holidays complete on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or any other supported podcasting app. You can also tell friends or family members about the show. Word of mouth is huge in podcast growth, and we would love to make more people laugh. Just remember, everyone wins with Are You Afraid of the Dark? If you have yet to do it, be sure to check out our Instagram, again that's at Private Island Presents, for more fun and funny Are You Afraid of the Dark related posts. From Are You Afraid of the Dark meme Fridays, to weekly created gifts, to handcrafted videos with sound, there's a lot to love, and we put in a lot of effort to give you guys the most Are You Afraid of the Dark out of anyone else. You can always check the link in our episode description for our link tree with a link to all of our socials, our YouTube, our merch store, and so much more. 
I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for his work on the music for our show. Aside from this theme, A Bell is Tolling from Secret of Mana, composed by Hiroki Kakuda. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. For now, I'll let you get back to the show. Happy holidays from Brandon and I, and thank you so much, everyone. I'll talk to you soon. Bye! We move through the house. We're in, like, the hallway now. Allison can't believe this shit. She's like, look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? And she picks up a picture on the table. And Tom tells her that those are his parents. And then we hear a cough in the distance. And Allison's like, who was that? And Tom tells her it's his grandma. And if they wake her, she'll cane him. (laughs) And then he rubs his shoulder like he's already gotten, like, a child abused. (laughs) Uh, casual That's why he's got the slingshot in his room. Like, he's got to protect himself. Oh, fuck. He's like, did you hear that? Oh, fuck God. Grandma's, grandma's coming. coming. Get the slingshot ready. <laughs> Where's my Egyptian stones? <laughs> Allison tells him, that's terrible. But what about your parents? And Tom tells her that they died when he was younger, and I'm an only child. And Allison gets a bit, a bit excited here, saying, really? I'm an <laughs> yeah. only child, too. She's like, that's it. We're friends now. What the fuck, Allison? by our parents who were disappointed in us enough to never have any more kids. <laughs> you know, I thought maybe the story was going to go, oh, she's going to go back a little bit further in time and save his parents? I don't know. None of this, the grandma, the parents, nah. only children, none of it has anything to do with anything. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit, Brandon. Nothing. This is all filler. The kids walk down the stairs. They're talking some more. Allison asks, well, what about your friends? And Tom tells her he doesn't have any friends because Grandma won't let him out of the house. <laughs> Grandma says I talk to myself too much. <laughs> Allison says that's gross. And Tom asks if Allison is allowed to bring friends over to this house in her time. And Allison tells him she doesn't have any friends either. And the kids take a seat on the stairs. And Tom asks Allison if she's really from the future. She's like, yeah, I I guess I am. And then Tom tells her, Golly, jeepers, it must be wonderful. And she smiles. And then she says, hey, why don't I show you? He asks how. And Allison tells him, well, we'll go back through the same way that I came, through the mirror. I mean, wow, this could be great. I could take you to a movie, get a pizza. Man, you're going to die when you see video games. And Tom grabs at his neck and he says, die i don't want to die and allison's like i didn't mean die as in checkout time it's a figure of speech boy you're gonna get caned when you see video games exactly (laughs) man your grandma's gonna come wheezing out the door and fucking cane you (laughs) the two kids jump up from the stairs and they run to the nearest mirror and tom asks if it'll work with any mirror and allison's like i don't know let's see And she's about to put the stone up to the mirror, and she stops. And Tom asks, what's wrong? And Allison tells him that there was this really horrible man outside my house, and he wanted the stone. So Tom lifts up his slingshot, even though I don't know, he wasn't carrying that. I don't know, maybe he keeps it in his back pocket, but he says, don't worry, I've got a Cracker Jack shot. Allison's like, okay, well, we gotta go through sometime. So the two kids reach out, and then they jump through the mirror. And Tom's like, jeepers, it's my house. 
And Allison pipes up saying, and mine. Tom's like, right, our house. So he walks around a little. He's asking uh, what's what the future's like. And then there's a doorbell ring. And Tom just walks up to the door, not saying anything <laughs> at all. And he opens it up. What? I don't know. She just said that there was a horrible man outside. Hey, that's his house, and he's being a good host. Well, it's it's okay. It's Sardo. I mean, Tom screams anyway because he doesn't know who Sardo is. Sardo's like, shut up. You'll wake the neighbors. And Tom lifts up his slingshot, and he scream asks Allison if, if that's the man. Allison runs up saying, no, and what are you doing here? And Sardo tells them that he came to warn them about the stone, saying, apparently it's a really powerful amulet. And Allison tells him, yeah, I found that out. And Sardo tells them it seems to be belonging to a rather nasty fellow named Brother Septimus. He was supposed to be hanged in the 15th century, but now, unfortunately, and he stopped because Brother Septimus comes out of fucking nowhere and just starts fucking choking Sardo. God damn. Sardo gets choked so much in this episode. (laughs) Yeah, he's, uh... Just pushed around and choked, beaten dragged and choked around. and <laughs> poor Sardo. But at least he made like seventeen bucks. He did, yeah, seventeen fifty. Brother Septimus, he's, he just says, "Give me the amulet." Tom asks for a moment, "What do we do?" And Allison tells him to run this way, and they abandon Sardo at the front door. And Septimus drags Sardo into the house, calling him. And Septimus starts choking him more, saying, He won't wait any longer. Retrieve the amulet, or I'll slice open your miserable carcass and serve it to the plague rats of the abyss. Damn. As he says this, he's dragging Sardo up the wall by his neck, basically just choking him. He lets him down. He walks away. And Sardo just says, ouch. (laughs) (laughs) This is another of of my favorite parts of this episode. It's just like, ow. (laughs) After being choked. So Septimus, he's now walking through the house. and He's going upstairs. Tom taunts him saying, hey, mister, look what I have. And he jiggles the stone around in his hand. And Septimus starts mumbling and walking up the stairs towards Tom. When Allison, at the bottom of the stairs, yells, Give it here! So Tom throws Allison the stone. She catches it, and she grabs Sardo. They run into the mirror and into the past. If Septimus could fly, though, he could just, like, fucking Air Jordan jump up in the air and grab the stone. (laughs) (laughs) But that's fine. Whatever. Sardo doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Septimus is banging on the mirror and is yelling that... And for some reason, they can hear it from 100 years in the past. Allison grabs Sardo, and they run upstairs. And she's like, we got to go help Tom. And Sardo says, help? I don't even know what's going on. But Allison grabs him, and they run upstairs. This part is ridiculous to me. In what way? Well, I love I love the part where they can use any mirror. Because they can run downstairs... They can zip to the past in that mirror, run upstairs, zip to the present, grab Tom, and just, like, play fucking Scooby-Doo with this guy. <laughs> Except he can't go in the past. I, th- I thought that part was amazing. Like, that is a really cool idea to me. But this part, where they go upstairs, Sardo has the stone in his hand. Allison explains that when you have the amulet in your hand, you can step through a mirror and go through time. And Sardo's like, 
a door through time. This could be worth millions. And Allison tells him that we have to go get Tom before Septimus does. But Sardo is like, not so fast. Now, if I could just get back that horrid demon person, I could turn this into a small fortune. Or a huge fortune. And he steps closer to that big mirror in the room. Allison says, Mr. Sardo, wait. And he starts to correct her, but then says, nah, forget it. And he asks how it works, saying, like this? And he brings the stone up to the mirror, and arm reaches through the mirror and chokes him, pulling him into the mirror. And out of this blue lightning effect, Septimus walks through into the past. The part that gets me, though, is that he under Sardo gets that Septimus is evil. I mean, he just choked him like six times already. And you're going to let, you're not going to like hurry and get this small child out of danger. He doesn't give a damn about children. No, but Allison is like not really pressing it. She's not super like, shut the fuck up. Give me that stone. We got to go save Tom. She also doesn't care about Tom, her only friend. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well then, yeah, that's that. (laughs) There's a reason she doesn't have friends, Cortland. I guess you're right, yeah. So Septimus walks up to Allison. He's telling her to give him the amulet. And she tells him that she doesn't have it. And then he gets pissed saying he grows weary of this game. You know not the power with which you wield. You will suffer for having toyed with me. And then a flash happens from behind him. And Tom tells Septimus to leave her alone. I got your rock. And in Tom's hand is a slingshot loaded with the carved stone. Septimus looks at him saying, you pathetic little urchin. And then he laughs and he plays peekaboo with him for a fucking second. (laughs) What was that? I'm not sure. Like he like lifts up his cloak and then he's like, peekaboo. Did he, was he wearing the sunglasses before? And then he, no, no, because he hasn't taken his sunglasses off yet. Okay, then I don't fucking know. He's just okay. playing peekaboo. Okay. <laughs> Plays peekaboo with him for a second. He says, you take your match for me? You and your little toy? And then he laughs some more. He takes off his sunglasses. And he says, you all fall on your knees before me. Allison tells Tom not to look into his eyes. But it looks like it's too late as Tom seems to be falling into like a trance. Septimus continues his monologue saying, even death itself bows to me. The great Septimus. And at this point... Tom's like down on his knees, his slingshot's down, and Septimus says he needs the amulet. It's so much easier traveling through time to claim my victims. And he puts his shades back on. He says he's he's gone far too long without a victim. You shall have the honor of being my next. And Septimus takes off his glove, and we see this gnarly, long-ass fucking sharp fingernail. Yeah, it also reminded me of Terminator 2. Yeah, I know. I th- I thought that when I was talking about that guy talking on the phone, killing people. and <laughs> It is very Terminator 2-esque. It also reminded me of, do you remember X-Men 2? Yep. That character, I know it was like an awesome mutant, but she just had long fingernails in the movie. And she just spun around and then died, basically. <laughs> How disappointing was that? What was her name? Like Apocalypse? No, it wasn't Apocalypse. Uh, Annihilation or something. What was her name? Do you remember? Nope. I know who you're talking about, but no. She's basically Wolverine, but instead of having claws, she just has long fingernails. <laughs> anyway, he points his long fingernail at Tom. Allison yells, no! And Tom snaps out of his daze. Allison runs up to Sep- Septimus in slow motion, grabbing him from behind. 
Tom sidesteps away, raises a sling- slingshot, and says, Checkout time. And he launches the carvestone at Allison and Septimus. And then this flash happens. Where with Allison, the mirror shatters around her. And the shards are just like on the ground. And she looks up at a hand reaching down. Because she's like crouched down right now. And it's Sardo who helps her up. And he asks where the stone is. And then we hear some yelling coming from Septimus. They look down at a shard of glass. Septimus can be seen in it yelling in pain. An orange electric effect just like shatters over the the fucking glass shard. And he fades in this cool like fire looking effect. And then we hear Tom yell for Allison. And she's like, Tom, Tom, where are you? And he says, I'm down here, Allison. And we look at a different shard of glass. And Allison tells him to come on through, buddy. <laughs> come through that little tiny ass shard. But Tom tells her, it's too late. I can't. And then Allison apologizes. And Tom says, don't be sorry. I'm glad I finally made a friend. Goodbye, Allison. And she says goodbye and tells him to have a good life. And Tom waves and fades away. Allison looks up and walks over as we stay with Sardo for a moment. Who says, my, what an interesting twist of fate. And Allison's over by that wood carving of Tom's initials. And we look down at it, and it's different now. It's like encased in a heart, and it reads that Allison and Tom, friends forever. And that's the end of the story. It would not be a Gary story without somebody being trapped in a void forever. I don't think he's trapped in a void forever. Just Septimus's. Well, he's somebody. Okay, yeah. What do you think happened to Tom? I think he's just back in his time, 1892. So you think him slowly fading away was just going back to 1892? Yeah, I think so. You know, it's weird. When I first watched this as a kid, I remember this episode, just this part of it. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking that he was also, like, fucked, like Septimus was, you know? But the way that they show that the carving of the wood changed, um, I think it is trying to tell us that Tom lived his life under the... Horrible ruling of his grandmother, who would cane him and not let him go outside. Good. Um, I think you're right. Yeah. But I'd like to think that he was obliterated in that shard of glass. I mean, you could take it either way. But with them, like like I said, with the carving thing, I think it implies that he's fine. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Or it could just be a trick by Septimus or something. Who knows? (laughs) To make her think that her friend lived. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what happened to Septimus, though. Is he just, like, trapped in eternity or something? Like, what the fuck? I guess. Who cares? He's out there fucking living it up with Nanny and the ghost girl in the mirror world or something. That wouldn't be that bad. I bet you him and Nanny would love each other. So back with the Midnight Society, Gary says the amulet was gone, Brother Septimus was never seen again, and Allison would never forget the first friend she made in her new home. The kids all smile, they look at each other, and Gary puts back on the black, wide-brimmed hat, declaring the meeting of the Midnight Society closed. He dumps the water over the fire, saying, Until next time. And the kids all walk up to Gary, saying, Nice job. And Betty Ann grabs the hat and puts it on, and the kids all just disperse. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah, um, it's not a horrible episode. No. Uh, I enjoyed it. Septimus is a pretty threatening villain, honestly. Especially compared to someone like The Watcher. Yeah. He's probably the most threatening villain we've had, I mean, relatively speaking, in a while. Since Goth. Okay, sure. (laughs) 
he did control the mind of Sardo, I guess, for a minute there. He's not very strong in his mind control, though. No. I mean, just stop looking in his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> He's like Cyclops, except instead of like a beam blaster, it's like a mild mind control. Like, no big deal. I had fun with it, though. Like, I, I, I mean, I feel the same way. The main character, Allison, is not great. Tom, not great. Brother Septimus and Sardo, though, they were pretty great. I liked them. Pretty good. Yeah. It was a fun one. Better than Midnight Ride. Not as good as Bookish Babysitter, Dollmaker, Watcher's Woods. You know, we'll see where it falls when we get to the season finale wrap up. So the moral of the story, I think, would be don't be friends with Allison. Ugh. (laughs) I think everybody's taking that to heart already. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and then when you, when you do become friends with her, which... It's weird that he would say, like, best friends forever or whatever, because let's put this in perspective. They've known each other for, what, 45 minutes? Maybe? Maybe. That's stretch. Maybe. That's Most a, of yeah. the time was separated. Yeah, so, like, 20 minutes? He, he probably could have jumped through that mirror shard, but he was like, nah, <laughs> I'll stay back in 18, or 1892, <laughs> just so I can be as far away from you as possible. <laughs> she probably never did find any other friends. That's I hope not. I hope not to. So the tale of the carved stone. I kind of like that name. It's very like, do you? Yeah. I think it's kind of, um, it's kind of cryptic. Like I thought it was going to be like druidic. And I think last week you said it was going to be like Egyptian. I said Indiana Jones shit and it was pretty Indiana Jonesy. It was like Terminator two mix meets Indiana Jones. Yeah, I'd watch that movie. I wouldn't, because I've never seen any of the Indiana Jones, except for fucking Temple of Doom. But I think we can come up with a better name than Carved Stone. The Tale of the Lonely Girl. The Tale of the Desperate Friend. The Tale of the Lonely Boy. (laughs) (laughs) The Tale of the Golly Jeepers. Oh my god, yeah. The Tale of the Wheezing Grandma. The tale of what the hell was up with that girl who was like, get a life. <laughs> Seriously. Such a bitch. My God. Seriously. She was just trying to help. And that was uh, the craziest you know, part of the whole episode. James Vanderbeek looking guy seemed like he was sort of interested. Yeah. I thought something would. The, the tale. Nothing of, happens. Yeah. Like the tale of fucking like misleading plot points. Nothing happens. There's so much filler in this episode. Maybe I hate it. (laughs) Yeah, it's the worst episode we've ever seen. (laughs) There's so many points of, like, fucking Tom's parents, nothing. Tom's grandma, nothing. Allison trying to make other friends, nothing. The glasses, nothing. The tale of wasted potential. There you go. They had time travel. Brandon, they time traveled, and they didn't do anything with it. They used it to fucking Scooby-Doo skip around the house, which, granted, was awesome, but, like, they didn't do anything with it. They didn't save Tom's parents. (laughs) They didn't take the cane away from Grandma. They didn't do anything. (laughs) They didn't even see the video games. He never got to see video games. She didn't even have any video games. All she had was an easel with, like, a fucking half-finished picture on it that didn't go anywhere. Allison is the most boring character I think we have ever had. She has no personality. She maybe draws. We don't know. 
Like I swear maybe, maybe the pic the picture was a little bit more painted in at one point, but we never see her painting. We're probably going to save painting for a different episode. Oh, man. I'm getting angry watching talking about this episode, <laughs> which sucks because when I watched it, I was like, oh, this is great. Sardo, like, if he wasn't in this episode, this probably would have been a real stinker. Yeah. Ugh. Well, whatever. Moving on. The next episode, Brandon, is called The Tale of the Guardian's Curse. Who do you think is going to be talking about this one? I think Frank. Have we had a Frank story this season? I don't think we have, have we? Beep, boop, boop. Nope. <laughs> What do you think that the tale of the Guardian's Curse is going to be about? Oh, man. I don't want to say Egypt two weeks in a row, but, man, well, it sounds pretty Egypty. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that one, man. You think we're going to get some mummy shit? Yes, finally. What do you mean, finally? Have you been waiting for mummies? Yes. Since when? Uh, the day I was born. Okay, do you think mummies are scary? No. Me neither. <laughs> I mean, I I get, like, they're basically zombies, but they're so much... They feel like they're slower than zombies. They're zombies? And there's only one of them. But, but they also sometimes have magical powers. Yeah, that's true. The magical powers thing is kind of like, oh, you know, but... um, As far as... I'm pretty sure... I've never watched the old Mummies movies, but I'm pretty sure I heard or read something that says that the old classic Mummy has not killed a single person. That's good. Yeah, that's true. So let me uh, let me be the one to tell you what you think this is going to be. You think that this is going to be under wraps the Disney Channel original movie. <laughs> oh, man, that is what I was hoping. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you you either think okay, you either think this is gonna be under wraps or it's gonna be. Do you remember that animated TV show, uh, Mummies Alive? <laughs> Fuck yes, I do. You think that it's either gonna be that or Mummies Alive? Either one is okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> we'll just see next week. This is one of the episodes that I actually remember. Being excited, seeing the commercials for its premiere, and then watching it the Saturday night it premiered. Now, I don't remember anything about this episode except for one of the characters in it. You know, the person that plays one of the characters in it. Aside from that, I don't remember much about this episode at all. So, I'm really excited for this one. Yeah. And that's that. Come on, mummies. Mummies alive! Woo! But for now, Brandon, fuck mummies. I'm (laughs) I'm going to bed. I'm tired. (laughs) I've been up all night. All right. I'm, I'm super sleepy. Let's go to sleep. Allow us to sleep now, yes. I'll talk to you in a week, man. Covering yeah. mummies, maybe. I hope so. <laughs> what if it's God, not I mummies? So. <laughs> it's like the fucking a guardian it's, squirrel. Come on. It's mummies. <laughs> this, couldn't, this couldn't be clearer than, like, Tale of the Full Moon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll find out i'll talk to you next week man yep bye everybody bye golly jeepers it must be wonderful